Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. The text for this morning comes to us from Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. Verse 17 is our text, but I'm going to read you uh, verses 6 through 17 as well. So listen now to God's word. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Therefore, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in the heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not murder. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today's commandment is you shall not murder. Got it? You can't get more simple than that, right? And if anyone has a problem obeying this sixth commandment, we've all got problems. So good. I'm glad that we got that straight. So here's your takeaway for the sermon today. Don't murder. Don't do it. Okay? Good. Now let's pray. You know, that's got to be like the shortest sermon in the history of the little church in Lakewood Grace, right? But wait, there's more. The reason why this command, which seems so very obvious, is here, is because this command is at the heart of what it means to be a people who worship God and loves God's people. Remember that the Ten Commandments are our act of worship. We are commanded not to murder because human beings are made in the image of God. And the taking of life is the destruction of the most precious and most holy thing in the world. God is the giver of life. God is the only one with the right to take life. Life belongs to God. But you see, to truly understand this passage and the reason why this command is there we have to look at John chapter 10, verse 10. And you see, John 10, 10 is where Jesus describes for us and tells us why he came to earth, why Jesus took on human form, and why Jesus chose to go on the cross to pay the debt of sin for all of humanity, to descend into hell, to rise again from the third day and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father. Why did Jesus do all that? Why did Jesus suffer? Why did Jesus have to pay the debt of sin? And Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that you and all of us might have life and have it abundantly. Now, The Greeks had two words uh, that the English translates as life. The first word is 
bio. And that's where we get the word biology, study of life. And bio has to do with breathing, living, as opposed to being dead. This is where we get biology, study of life. And the second word is zoe. This is a life that only can come from God and can only be sustained by God. Zoe refers to the fullness of life. Zoe is living life as it was meant to be lived. Zoe is living the blessed and abundant life. And this life can only come from God and can be sustained by God. And the word that is used in John chapter 10.10 is not bio. God doesn't want you to just survive. The word there is zoe. I came that you might have the fullness, the abundant, the blessed life. Life as you were supposed to live. Life as it was meant to be lived. Life ordained, sustained, and given by God. I came that you might have this abundant life. So God's command not to murder is not only about taking the life of another, but it refers to anything that subtracts and keeps another from living the fullness of the Zoe life. Any act of violence against someone intentional or otherwise that steals from the other their ability, ability to live the abundant, blessed Fullness of life is what this command has in mind when it says, thou shalt not murder. It's not just the killing of somebody. It's taking from them the life that they were meant to be lived. A word that takes away from the dignity of another. A deed that makes light of the life of another. When the good that can be done for another is withheld. Anything that takes away, that subtracts, from the life that is supposed to be lived as an abundant, full, blessed Zoe life is what this command has in mind. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, 21 through 22, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, quoting this command. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. It's not just the act of murder that is described in this command. It is the act of violence that steals from another their best life. Any act that keeps another from experiencing the blessed Zoe life is what this command has in mind. Listen to what John Calvin, the great reformer who started the Presbyterian Church, the father of the reform movement, has to say about this sixth command. He says, To sum up, all violence, injury, and any harmful thing that at all that may injure our neighbor's body are forbidden to us. We are accordingly commanded, if we find anything of use to us in saving our neighbor's lives, faithfully employ it. If there's anything that makes for peace, see to it. If anything harmful, ward it off. If they are in any danger, lend a helping hand. This law forbids anything that injures and encourages us to do everything to bless our neighbor. 
Jesus came that you, me, our neighbor, might live the Zoe life, life to the fullest, the abundant, blessed life. Any act or speech that prevents someone from living that life is what this command prohibits. And it doesn't just stop with a prohibition. Since Jesus came to give us the abundant, blessed life, we who are his disciples are called to be agents of blessings to others. It's not enough to not steal and take from another. We are called to be agents who bless, enrich, and make life abundant for our neighbors. I love what Stanley Harwas says about this sixth command. He says, learning how not to do what comes naturally, we learn how vulnerable we are, how dependent we are upon one another. And in order to live out this life, we need more than a little help from our friends. We will need them, in fact, not to be just our friends, but also friends with God. Such friends are called church. I love that. You see, when we worship and live out this command to not only harm, but to be agents of blessing, we will live as if God's promises are true. Not only that, as we live out this command to be a blessing to our neighbors, God uses our obedience to carve out a little piece of enemy territory for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And through each act of obedience to be a blessing to our neighbors, God's kingdom is established here on earth as it is in heaven. But wait a minute. What do we do with conflict? When people get together in this thing called the church, conflict is bound to arise. And the church is not called to be a place without conflict. That's impossible. But instead, we are called to be a people who have been given the means of confession and ministry of reconciliation, confrontation and forgiveness, whereby we are able to deal with conflict without the conventional violence and hatred and anger of the world. Even in our conflicts, we are to be set apart and different. Confession, reconciliation, and forgiveness are to be the marks of our community. Compassion, love, Hope, the goal is always the building up the life of another. The goal is always to be a blessing to the other. The goal is always compassion to the other. The goal is always hope and love and peace for the other, for we are agents of blessing just as Christ is. You shall not murder. You shall not steal or take away from your neighbor their capacity and ability to live the full, abundant, blessed Zoe life. In fact, you are to be agents who add blessings, who add abundance, who add fullness to our neighbors. Imagine what kind of world this would be if Christians lived out our calling to be agents of blessing so that our neighbors could live the full, abundant, blessed Zoe lives. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for this day, for your teaching and for your proclamation. Lord, we ask that you use this word to encourage and inspire your church. Help us to see ourselves 
not only as ones who protect the rights of others to live this fullness of life, but that we actually become agents of blessing that add to the life of another. Oh God, we can only be such people through your Holy Spirit and through your power and strength. And so friends, if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. You see, this whole journey starts with a personal confession and accepting of God's gift of his son. And the way we do that is to say something like this in your own words. You say, Jesus, forgive my sins. I receive you as Lord and Savior. And now I want to live my life according to your will and your plans. Help me to be an agent of blessing. And church, that's our prayer too, right? That just as Christ has added to our lives, that we become agents of blessings to others. And Lord, that is our prayer, that you would do that in us and through us, that the little church and Lakewood Grace people be agents, special agents of blessing and peace and fullness. Lord, thank you for your teaching. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.